0: Welcome to the Hit Parade Podcast. Come join the nation's award-winning number one repack brand and our host, Joe K, Patrick Mancuso, and Tom Hughes, as we discuss all the happenings in the world of sports entertainment and we speculate on where things are going in the industry. Follow along for some hot takes and cool products that you're going to want to hear about. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the fifth edition of the Hit Parade Podcast, the one for the thumb. We did it, boys. As always, alongside Patrick Mancuso and Tom Hughes, I'm your host, Joe K. Boys, teamwork makes the dream work. So tell me all about how your day was going. My day? Your day. My day's been going great. I know, because all it's been is bracket time, right? Bracket time. Just got back from
1: the Dallas show, which went well. Um, Had a great time there, ready to get
0: into some brackets and see some upsets happen. Well, we're going to get into March Madness in a minute, but before we just get into all that, Tom, dude, tell me about the Dallas show. You were there with Pat. Well, how did it
2: go, bud? Uh, Well, I'm still recovering. Yeah, we can hear um, it. If you can tell from my voice. Your, soul, your sultry voice. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could have this voice all the time. I think it sounds so much better, <laughs> uh, but I don't. We all agree. <laughs> but Dallas is always rock solid. Um, always a ton of people there. It. I think the craziest thing about Dallas is that trade night. So Saturday night had their big trade night. There's probably over 2,000 people for trade night. Whew. Most shows would love to have 2,000 people there at one time. And it is just wheeling and dealing, and you have all the people that are walking around the show that don't have tables. Yeah, set up set up with tables, and all the dealers that do have tables are walking around. It's like roll reversal, yeah. uh, and it's it's always a lot of fun. Uh, we don't do a lot of buying at trade nights, but I always like to kind of poke my head and say hello to people and like singles mingle,
0: Yeah. to you know people. Hands, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's collect
2: some numbers. It's a fun way to just kind of like see the hobby, and like I said, it's it's almost a roll reversal. You see the whole day, so a lot of fun. Stayed up way too late. 5.30, right? Well, no. Let's see. Technically, it was 3.30, but we lost an hour, so it was 4.30. Yeah. All right, all right, um, all right, So, but yeah, it was one of those times, hey, it's like one uh, fifty, and like 10 minutes later, you check your phone. It's like <laughs> 3.15, and you're like, what just happened? And that was my Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. So you guys came back from Dallas. We got way too many cards. So it was a big thing Never too many cards. It was awesome. So I'm going to start off with a question that has nothing to do with sports or entertainment or anything. But I'm just very curious because it was just brought to my attention. Well, I'll just ask you, how often do you wash your jeans? Most used like your use Like your
2: normal pair of jeans that you wear. Like how many times are, do I wear them before I wash them? Yeah, kind like, like that. Yeah, like that. I would say, you know, barring a I drop pizza on them uh, kind of thing. Yep. Uh, probably three to five. Right, exactly. Three to five times of what? I wear them before I wash okay, them. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Yeah, because, gotcha. like, that's, that's the reason this comes up is because somebody was, like, appalled that people do that. Like, they wear their jeans and then they wear them again without washing them. Like, there's this girl out there who washes her jeans every single time she wears them. And that's just backwards because your jeans shrink. It takes, like, a wear and a half just to get them to the right shape color again. out. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. just insane. Whereas, like, Jeans are meant to like be worn a few times before you wear them. Like Patrick, you said you do yours like once a month. Dude. Yeah, if that. Yeah, I don't blame you though. Yeah, you don't so wear jeans all the time. Either. Not all I wear the time. Mine every day, so I wear them, wash them like once a week probably. If I do
1: wear them every day, which there are months like I would say around December, I'll wear jeans every day. I probably wash it at the end of the yeah. month. Unless you're
0: going Whenever. to a rodeo and you're going yeah. to dirt all the time, <laughs> like I get that, but just all the time, like jeans are not meant to be running washed. forty yard dashes in my
2: jeans. So, <laughs> so I have like, like like shirts and stuff. I have. Like enough to wear, I don't know, a different shirt every day without a problem. So yeah, it's like course. it's like okay, I'm running low on shirts, so I'm gonna throw my jeans in and wash them with with the other stuff. Like okay, yes. I need to do laundry. My you know five pairs of jeans that I wear all the time. Let's wash them with all the. Oh, other so you, you, you have, I so. only wear one. You have five pairs. Of jeans. I have. I, I, I have, do. One.
0: Why do you even have maybe many pairs two? Of
2: jeans? 'Cause I have different colors and like all right. Colors is fair. I got so, two, one black, one blue. But I don't know if it's blue. yeah, I have light blue, dark blue. I do have a pair of black jeans, but I only wear those very rarely. Um but you like if you especially like light pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. If you wear light pair of jeans like three days in a row, people are like
0: You'll they'll, they'll get dirty. Those are the that's same yeah, jeans. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta switch them up. I guess that's fair. I don't know. That's just but not every single one. Everywhere you should not wash it every time you wear it. Absolutely. Just, not. absolutely not. I hate it, it annoys me. Anyway. So sports is happening, right? <laughs> let's let's move on to that. Because <laughs> the big thing that happened besides the fact that March Madness is here is that NFL free agency kicked off. Well, and, tampering period. Well, whatever. It's basically just call the what it, Like just call it what it is. It's free agency. But before that kicked off, uh, as we touched on in the last episode, the Bears did indeed trade the first overall pick. Uh Chicago traded the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for the ninth overall pick, uh, the 61st pick in this draft, a 2024 first, a 2025 second, and Probably the best part of the deal, DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore comes along and gives the Bears arguably the best receiver they've had ever. <laughs> it almost feels like that. At least, in <laughs> last. like I, I think there was a stat that's that that's said a, that's a genuine. That could, that could be. I would no, say Brandon Marshall. No, there's a couple. Yeah, better. no, it's probably there's Brandon definitely Marshall, a couple but. better. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, in the recent, I would say like in the recent years, it's definitely 100. I believe Allen was Robinson
2: one. was good for a couple years. From yeah, now.
0: <laughs> he was a bum there. He's he a bum there. <laughs> good try um, though. <laughs> thanks for trying. Exactly. But I think there was a stat that said like DJ Moore with his career right now would be like the third best ever wide receiver in the Bears, in Bears history or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. So They're really known for passing uh, the ball. Shout out to, the, but like then the Bears came in and they had a lot of cap room and holy crap, have they spent it? Um mm-hmm. doling out. Everywhere. They signed two linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. Yeah. Uh, they signed guards. They signed just about everybody that they could. The Bears are really really making a run for it. And I feel like they're spending a lot of money to just go seven and ten and finish third in the division again. <laughs> I love that. Is. So that's just how I feel. But uh those are just some of the moves. Um Tom, how do you feel about what the Bears have been doing?
2: So I, I really like the trade for them. Oh, the trade's fantastic. I look at the the young quarterbacks in the league. You look at Josh Allen, they went and got Steph Diggs for him. Mm-hmm. Tua, is he the guy? Maybe we should get Tom Brady. They go get Tyreek for him. And outside the the obviously the concussions, he was very efficient this year. You get Kyler Murray, who was running around his first year, get him DeAndre Hopkins, and all of a sudden he looks much better. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, the Giants will do this for Daniel Jones because he actually looked decent last year. But I, I see these teams, and I, I would like to call it the Bills model because I feel like they were the really the first one to do it. But you get a young quarterback, a legit number one receiver, and it makes life so much easier for them uh, that everyone else falls in place. So getting D.J. Moore, who is a legit number one to me, uh, I think will help Fields immensely. And wouldn't be surprised if they're sniffing around a playoff spot next year.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I make the joke that they're going to be third in their division. But with the way Green Bay's tearing everything down and more than likely trading Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, which when by the time people hear this on Thursday – It'll probably have happened, but right now the trade didn't go through. Although, I guess Rodgers is just telling the Jets to sign every Green Bay guy ever. They just signed Alan Lazard for $11 million a season. They're, they're <laughs> supposedly looking at Randall Cobb and just everything. Like Rodgers is essentially GMing the Jets, and he's still the quarterback for the Packers. So. We talked about it briefly before the podcast started. It's
1: like when two high schools can't field enough, a big enough team, so they just combine forces, and right. it's going to be the, the Green Bay Jets.
0: But like, I don't understand it because... All of the chatter, at least on Tuesday when we record this, was that Rodgers is trying to get the gang together. He wants Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb and you know his his Packer guys. But didn't George he? Com- but didn't he complain for the long? Yeah, Donald Driver. Didn't he didn't complain for the longest time that the the Packers weren't giving him the weapons to win. And so now he's going to the Jets, who have a lot of weapons, just need a quarterback, and he wants the same old weapons. Like he was complaining about these weapons, but now he's like, oh, you better sign my boys and. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it almost feels like a downgrade. Like, the Jets have really good receivers. Like, you know all about them. So, what are they going to – I just don't understand it. Do you think he's doing the right thing by forcing his hand and, like, getting all of his old running buddies back or what?
2: Well, I think that's his kind of motto and MO everywhere. You know, the whole time he's there, he wants his guys. Um, You know, he didn't want to throw the ball to Christian Watson because he ran the wrong route one time, and he finally gave in threw the ball to him, and he looks great. Um, But he realizes that, like – you can't be that, I don't know, I know it's not the
1: proper word, but shunny, where you're shunning your teammates for dropping a ball or running the wrong pattern. Like, that stuff's going to happen. And now that he did that, he had to find out the hard way that that's probably not the way
2: he wants to go. So I'm, I'm going to sound like a, a bitter Bills fan for a moment saying, not, I yeah. don't, I don't think that this is the right move for the Jets, but I don't think it's the right move for the Jets. I know all the Jets fans are going crazy. They're going to have Aaron Rodgers. And if they get Aaron Rodgers, they are a very, very – tough team and, and may make the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers but this is a very young team they have a lot of young good players especially on the defensive side you have a young running back at Brees Hall come back this year as we said wide receiver Garrett Wilson was a great his rookie year Elijah Moore had a great rookie year last year did nothing if I'm them I want a quarterback that's going to be with the with these guys for the next five ten years and that's not Aaron Rodgers why are you not going and getting Lamar Jackson instead of Aaron Rodgers a guy who's still young enough that you could build around him and actually be good for seven years instead of taking your shot for one or two years with Aaron Rodgers. Because
1: Lamar low. Jackson doesn't have an agent. No, in my opinion, that's one of, one of the only reasons why, because that's why he's not signed right now. He's
0: opinion. not signed right now because he wants guaranteed money, and nobody wants to give it to him. But the other thing is, if you're the Jets, why would you trade two first-round picks to Baltimore, who's in your conference, when you could trade whatever you have to trade for Rodgers to the other conference? Like, it, it, I think it just comes down to that. Like, they talked to Rodgers. They must have had a good meeting with him after the old darkness retreat. And they're just at a point where they're like, this is probably just easier for us. Everybody's excited about it. The team's excited about it. I mean, the Jets players are all over Twitter right now. Be like, oh, give 12 whatever he wants. Get him here. So they sure. want him. They want a guy who's established, who's done it for longer than almost anybody else in the league at this point. Now that Brady's retired, right? See, the longest tenured quarterback? Am I missing anybody? No, I don't think with so. one
2: team or in general? just in general, isn't? it? I, I mean, mean there's still a McCown somewhere. Oh yeah, right?
0: there always will be for sure. But the point is, like, you can bring in Lamar, and I mean, to Joe's but point, why? to Joe's point,
1: I mean, like, Lamar isn't going to give you the same offensive output to your wide receivers as that Aaron Rodgers is going to give you. I think they're going to be more excited to play with Aaron Rodgers because they're going to get the ball thrown to them more than if Lamar is playing out there and running the ball more frequently.
2: But if if you go and get all his guys. You know, if you go get Mercedes Lewis, what does that mean for Conklin or uh, Uzama that they just signed to to deals the year before? They don't care. Now, all of a sudden, you got another tight end in the room. If you go get Randall Cobb and you go get, um, you know, obviously they they signed Lazard. What does that mean for Elijah Moore? I just to me, you have a really young team that showed last year that they were a quarterback away, and now you're trying to go get that quarterback, but you're getting someone who's on a different timeline. I just, think, it doesn't make sense to me.
1: I think Elijah Moore didn't get a lot of playing time last year. I think they're just trying to move on from that because I don't think they really. I mean, he was calling them out in interviews last year about how he wasn't getting the ball. That was a Zach Wilson problem.
0: You that think was, so? Yes, that was a Zach Wilson problem. I mean, most things were Zach Wilson problem. That's why everybody just, it's like Tom just said, the Jets were a quarterback away. So they basically just want to bring in Rodgers who can throw the ball. They just play he they want to insert him. They ball. want to insert him into what they've had. And it'll be a lot better, a lot better than Zach Wilson. If you get like, if you get Lamar, you kind of got to change the offense around because he runs more. He does his other things. He's got his shortcomings as a passer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just easier for the Jets overall to bring in Rodgers, have the Jets be good for a little bit while they have all their younger players like like Sauce Gardner. It's almost like the reverse of how teams do it, where you're trying to play on a rookie quarterback contract and give everybody else the money. Well, right now they have so many young talented people that don't have the money yet that you can pay Rogers while these guys are still on their rookie rookie deals and then when they resign, Rogers is gone and that's when they have to bring in the next one.
2: So, completely agree. But they're going to be good the next two years with Rogers. Yes. Then he's gone mm-hmm. and you're going to pay all these defensive players. So, you're going to have high-priced defensive players. You're not going to have a high pick to go get a young quarterback. So, you're giving yourself a two-year window. And if you don't get in two years, in an AFC that's absolutely stacked, even with Rodgers, I would say I'm just guessing the Vegas line because I haven't seen anything. I would guess that they're still behind the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills for worst Super Bowl odds. I so, think you're 100 percent accurate on what it is. Yep. So you're, you're taking a two year shot with with that guy, and then after that, you are you are screwed. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Who, who's going to be your quarterback? You going to call Sam Darnold back over? Like I just once again. I think it's a short-term answer, and, and you know, it's the Jets. Maybe they just want to win one, and as a Bills fan, if you said I can go win one and, and then I'd suck for the next 10 years, I'll take it, uh, but it, to me, it's very short-sighted.
0: Yeah, but don't forget that the Jets tried to do it the way with drafting a quarterback and, and running it that way, and they hit on 95% of what they needed to hit on, and the quarterback was terrible. At this point, plugging in Rodgers is just like if Zach Wilson turned out to be really good. So they're just like, this is where we're supposed to be. Let's just roll with it, and you know what? In two years, who cares about two years from now? NFL teams do not care about the future because all they do is pass their all their, their cap hits down the line and all this other stuff anyway. So it's all about what have you done for me lately? And they would, like you said, they would much rather take a run at it now where everybody's pumped about it. They're obviously, again, the players are tweeting at Rogers, Come on, let's go. Let's go 12, etc. The team's all in on it. They were good. Their defense was good. Just go with it. You know, I mean, sucks for Zach Wilson. Hopefully he's part of the trade going back the other way, just because I don't think he wants to sit there in that locker room anymore. But it is what it is at this point.
2: I just I look at the Rams and I know they won a Super Bowl, but well, they are on fire sale mode because obviously their window is coming past and they had a they had a two year window. It's it's a tough place to they're be. They're in
0: trouble because I think, kind of think Stafford's done. I think he might be retiring and I think they know it, but it hasn't come out yet because I know he's still pretty messed up from his injuries and it might just be a wrap for him. So they're just like, all right, we're definitely screwed. So before they, before that's officially announced, they're starting to make trades. So before like they lose their leverage in deals because people will know why they're doing it. So I think it's just kind of a thing where, I think Stafford's hurt. I think they're just kind of like, all right, screw it. We're going to have to start from the bottom and start collecting some of these picks we've given up. And I mean, you don't need first round picks to be successful. The Patriots proved that for forever when Belichick would always trade down and just get more seconds and thirds, and that's how they kept building their roster. So. The Rams can collect seconds and thirds and be just fine. It's just a matter of getting there. But yeah, it sucks. Yeah. All right, but speaking of Lamar. So everybody else pretty much has a home except for him. Um I you got to say that the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson saga at this point hasn't been great for either side and he's got to be done with the Ravens. There's just no way at this point. Well, yeah. It feels like they can't just <clears throat> reconcile. But like where else can he go? <laughs> That's the question. Like at this point. I mean, Jimmy G signed with the Raiders. There was a spot um, I can't think of anywhere else that could really take him. So, where do you think he's gonna go? I genuinely don't.
1: I'm, I genuinely don't know. Like I think Burnham, it's a very, gotta, tu- it's very tough for the Ravens because when you're going into negotiations, you have to, and since he doesn't have an agent, you're basically telling him to his face why you're not going to pay him, why he's not a good quarterback. So you gotta see from hit. I mean, from his point of view, he might not just want to go back at all. I don't think he does anyway. Yeah. I think that's why they're the so, um, spot. Maybe he's hoping for, like you said, maybe a, a Stafford to retire, and then maybe he can swoop in and go there. Why would he go to the Rams? Well, I'm, the just, I'm just I'm just giving an exa- I'm just giving an example of a team like that where he's going to have to find kind of
0: like a swoop in mode. And I have two places that are probably going to try to get his services. But Tom, I'm going to ask you where you think he's going to he might go first.
2: Well, the, the counter your point about him not wanting to go to the Rams because he wants to go to a winner. If that was his number one priority, he probably would have stayed with Baltimore.
0: No, because obviously stuff happened that we don't know about. It's very clear that they're not friends.
2: Well, it's yeah, because you got well, to tell you got to tell
1: Tom why if, if, if it's a situation I'm Ravens and Tom Lamar, I to be like, well, you're not that great of a runner anymore. I don't want you to do that. Or you're you're not as good in the offense as you were last year. And so that's I, gonna hurt.
2: I I you know obviously I'm not there. I don't know how personal or how heated it got, but I think that. The Ravens looked around and said, just because the Cleveland Browns are off their rocker and said, oh, my God, we're not going to get Deshaun Watson. We pissed Baker off. We have no options. We're going to give him a fully guaranteed contract. That was the Browns being the terrible Browns. Like You (laughs) want to talk about a terrible franchise? The Browns just did the dumbest thing they possibly could do. Let's give a guy who has all sorts of off-the-field issues a fully guaranteed contract and hasn't played football in a year. When you look at that team last year, they were better with Jacoby Brissett. So I think they looked at and said, hey, we love you, Lamar. We're not dumb like the Browns. We can't give you a fully guaranteed contract. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a fully guaranteed contract. He's the best quarterback that's out there. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, none of these guys. I know, obviously, Burrow hasn't signed yet, so it's a little different. But none of these guys have fully guaranteed contracts. Lamar, we love you, but we can't do that. And Lamar's like, well, this is what I want. And the Ravens go, you know what? Good, good luck. We're going to let you go and negotiate with other people and see if somebody else wants to give you a fully guaranteed contract. What's going to happen? No one's going to want to do it. And he's going to be in a really awkward situation where he might have to go back to the Ravens uh, or you're going to find a desperate team out there. And you know, who's not, who you're not going to go to on a debt with a desperate team, a good team. I disagree. So first off, well, all right. I disagree and a little bit agree. My
0: first team, and this is more than likely not going to happen, but I think it's a fun little thing to think about. This team's been making some moves in free agency. They're getting a little bit better. And actually, there's a lot of roster showing and they're getting a lot better because they were completely terrible last year. But there is a decent chance that the Texans are building up to make Lamar an offer. And if they get Lamar, then they can trade down from two, get more picks, and then make a better pick as they trade it down a little bit. That's the fun one. that get that oil lets, money out in Texas. Just to see what happens there. It would be really, really, really interesting if that happened. Um, But I think the more likely one is that he goes to the Detroit Lions. The Lions need a quarterback. Goff has been fine. He's been more than fine. But the Lions can make an offer. They have been doing great in free agency. They signed two new starting cornerbacks, which was always their weakness. They're a young and upcoming team. They're hungry. And Dan Campbell's a crazy person. He's exciting, and he's a crazy person. There's a really good chance Detroit could just come out into the woodwork and just make Lamar their quarterback, and then like they don't care if they give up the two first at this point. They have mm-hmm. so much young talent that getting the young quarterback and that's definitely better than Jared Goff, who isn't making that much less money than you're going to have to pay Lamar anyway, I'm pretty sure. So, I just think that might be the move there.
1: Could so, be. Do you think a, other teams are looking at him <clears throat> not having an agent and having to address it, uh, those things the same way the Ravens have and kind of being standoffish? Like, I don't want to go down that path and have to talk to my quarterback and why I don't want to pay him anymore.
0: No, I I don't know if that's as big of a deal as you might think it
1: is. I mean, if someone if if, if someone was telling you why they're not going to pay you and why you're bad, you might take that the wrong way.
0: Could, but at the same time, he knows what's coming. That's part of being your own agent and doing all. Sure, of it. so sure, he has but to, be I'm able saying to Other teams, it. Do organizations want to go down that route. They might have to. Like, if you're mean, they're, they're, going they're going to have to, exactly. So
2: it doesn't really matter. I, I think it matters. I think. Well, definitely. I think matters. two years ago when Josh Allen signed his contract. If he had an agent, he would have said, hey, I want Josh Allen's contract and a little bit more because I want an MVP. And I think the Ravens would have jumped on it back then. Maybe. But they wanted to, they wanted to sit it out, play, play it out. Um, and I think he's hurt himself this way. Obviously, the last couple of years, he's been injured a lot. And I think that no franchise wants to give him a fully guaranteed contract because of that. And is it possible in the back of his head that he's worried about his long-term career? And that's why he wants to do that. Because. Obviously, not all running quarterbacks are the same, but if you look at, you know, RG3, he had, you know, a shortened shortened uh, career shortened because career. of that. Cam Newton, who was an MVP, had a shortened lifespan because of injuries he took from, from running the ball. So maybe he's like, hey, this is my chance. I'm going to try to get every dollar I can because it takes one hit and I'm done.
0: Yeah, well, that's I think that's how everybody looks at it, but I understand what you're saying. So it'll be interesting to see where Lamar goes for sure. It'll be interesting to see where Rogers goes, even though it looks like it's the jets um, free agency is insane. So much money gets thrown around. People change teams all the time. And it'll be really exciting just to see what else happens between now and a week from now. And we got to talk about it again,
2: but I, I want to throw one, one more crazy thing. Out there. Off the segue. I know. I know. I want to throw one more crazy on. thing out there. Go on. If you're the 49ers, do you not think about trying to get Lamar?
1: No. You um, definitely think about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Look, they, at that team is so good. Their
1: defense got real good, too. They,
2: You know, they obviously were planning to go with Trey Lance, who, though not the same guy as Lamar, was a guy that was a very athletic player that wants to run the ball. I'm just saying, now you have you have a guy that you were hoping Trey Lance would become and Lamar available.
0: I don't think it's a thing because it the Niners showed last year that their offense can kind of hum no matter who they put behind center. Like, they they got pretty good play out of Jimmy G. They went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. They got, you know, they did okay with Lance, but they did even better with Brock Purdy. Like, they, you throw in a quarterback, they tend to do okay. So, I mean, that's more of the system. So, why would you overpay for a quarterback and give up more firsts, because they would have to in this scenario, to get Lamar when they can do exactly what they're doing with the guys they have. Like, they signed Sam Darnold, because they think that he can run the offense like that. And he probably can, because now he's put in a situation with an actual, like, Good coaching, Stephon. Watch watch him be okay when he has to play. It'll be ridiculous. You good down, you get all you, your. You, you, you can go to your. You can <laughs> re,
2: okay. Resegway, take two.
0: I don't even remember what I was going to say now, but the point is, is that the madness is, is about to begin. Uh, March Madness is here. That's really exciting. Um,
2: you know who's not here? Who? Preseason number one, North Carolina.
0: Yeah, that sucks. What are mm. you going to do? They're not here. Syracuse isn't here. Thank Notre God. Dame isn't here.
2: That was a given. So don't, don't <laughs> act like that's big news.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so it's just crazy. Uh, this this March Madness is awesome. Uh, you know why? Because I think a lot of teams can win it. Usually you get a March Madness and it's like, all right, it's probably going to be one of these three-ish teams and you'll get a surprise here or there. But right now, I think, the, I think this year specifically is just so wide open. You can get I think you could see one of, I don't know, ten teams win it realistically, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it, it's pretty crazy. So it's truly madness. It'll it'll be it'll be. God, I can't wait for it to get started. I'm just super pumped about it. So we're just gonna get into. We've done our own predictions. We're gonna talk about you know who we think are who'll be in our final four, our champions, upsets. Uh, but first, Patrick, you talked last week about a conference tournament oh, yes. challenge. And uh, you walked away with the winner, hey, but yeah, winner. that's right,
1: that's right. That I, a uh, moment, gloat for it. I uh, took first place. It came down to the Memphis game. Thank God, I took Memphis over Houston. And the only reason I did that is because uh, the last time I played, Memphis lost by one, and it was a, a very tough fought game. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go with Memphis. Hopefully, they pull it out. Hopefully, I don't have to come down to this game. Uh, it came down to that game, and I sweated it out all the way from the Dallas uh, hotel to the airport. Oh, you're probably just sweating, not even paying attention to whatever the Uber drive was talking about, but yeah, took it down and I made a lot of my picks based off of watching all of those conference games, because you kind of have to pay
0: attention and be aware of what's going on, who's good, who's not. And uh, yeah, you think Patrick takes notes for this podcast? He takes notes (laughs) for all of his conference tournament betting stuff that he was doing. Gosh darn right. Oh, heck yeah. So Patrick, I mean, let's get in. Let's start with you first. Uh, Tell me who you got in your final four. Let's just start off there and who you got winning. I got uh,
1: in my final four, I have Alabama, Marquette, Houston, and
0: Gonzaga. Okay. So what do you got? Two one seeds, a two and a three. Yep.
1: That's correct. That'll be about it.
0: Uh, Who do you have winning then?
1: I have, um, I'm going to go with Marquette winning it. Really?
0: Okay. I'm going to go with Marquette. That's interesting.
1: I like Marquette. I think they have a great coach and Shaka Smart. You know, they don't Uh, have Dwayne Wade, right? That is totally fine with me. They're a very good, uh, uh, well-balanced team. I uh, obviously took some notes on the squad. You? Get out of here. Me? No way. Let me just find them real quick. Uh, 28-6, won the Big East, plays great on the road. Uh, I said Chaka Smart is their coach. Uh, One of their better players, Tyler Kolick, uh, handles the ball very well. Court vision, unbelievable. Great way to get to the bucket. Averages eight assists per game. Three-to-one turnover ratio, shoots 49%. From the field, 39 from three, and 82% from the free throw. Their team is averaging nine threes a game, forces 16 turnovers per game, 23% turnover rate in the uh, third in nation with 16 fast break points per game, which is going to do very well. You need all the points you can get in this Madness tournament. I really, really like Marquette for some um, reason. Who you have them year. beating? I have them beating Houston. Okay. Which good. ironically, who uh, Memphis had to take down to win my conference tournament. Did. So,
0: did Houston's best player get hurt? Did he strain his groin, I believe.
1: Uh, I, think I think that's he, part of his. Maybe, uh, yeah, he did. He was sitting. He was sitting out. So, but that team is still very good. The team is very scores
2: very well. All
0: right. So that's your. So you got Marquette over Houston. That's pretty cool. Tom, mm-hmm. what do you
2: got for your your little bracket? Here, uh, um, so my final four is also Alabama and Marquette. Nice. Uh, on the flip side, I have Xavier and Kansas. Xavier is interesting to me. Yeah, I really like that Xavier so, them, <laughs> shout <out> Carl So <laughs> I have
1: them crossed out on my so, bracket nine times. So I was like, eh, do I, do I, do I, do I? Jesus.
2: Yeah. So I will say of the four, I think that's the one I'm least confident in. Yeah, I um, but, so. but I always try not to be too chalky, and I was like, I think Houston is gonna go there, but then I have three ones and a and a two, and I'm like that, or yeah, three ones and a two, and I'm like, that's too chalky. So mm-hmm. um I do like Xavier um houston because obviously because the injury um knocks them down a little bit to me um so i like xavier but i have them losing to kansas uh going to the finals versus alabama and i have kansas winning oh that's interesting
0: um all right so for me my final four has
2: alabama as well we're all pretty yeah we all went the same.
0: wait i don't though. i don't gonna
2: tell you all my stats on my team like patrick so why you're gonna <laughs> you watch
0: stats? You want, all right, please tell me about why Kansas is going to repeat. Go for it. <laughs> I didn't realize you had all these Kansas stats. Please go
2: ahead. I don't, I don't. but what the hell? Um, <laughs> it's, it's but I look, um, Kansas has really good guard play. And I think it's, that's a key in March madness. You have a lot of pressure moments. You can either these young kids handling the ball need to take care of it. So I really like them. Uh, Bill self is a great coach. They got knocked out of their conference tournament early, but that was self wasn't there. Um, so sometimes that extra rest helps. You get a little bit more time to to prepare. Um, they have some great shooting. Grady Dick is one of the best shooters in college basketball. Who? Grady Dick. Uh-huh. Who? <laughs> but I still look at that team. Um, you get, they have a lot of lot of experience on that team, and that's why I'm picking them to win. All right, Joe, tell uh, us your
0: your final four. So my final four, like I said, has Alabama in it. Uh, I have Alabama facing up against Purdue, and there's a reason for that. Now. I did have Marquette go a little bit further too, but I had him losing to Purdue. The reason for that is that Purdue is such an unsexy pick. Nobody <laughs> looks. At, nobody looks at a tournament and goes, "Ah, oh, Purdue, man, really want to get, really want them to go far." Unless they're from or went to Purdue or around right. there.
2: Shout out Drew Brees. And
0: there's always a team like that that you look at and you're like, "I don't want to pick them because ew, And then you're, they're the one that ends up going pretty far. Yeah. So I just kind of went with that. Uh, and then the other side of the bracket, I have the two. I have Texas beating Houston. To go to the final four. And I have Yukon being a zaga to go as well. I love it. because Well, that West is insane. Yukon's criminally underrated. Yes, I agree. Um, I mean, we might get into it a little bit more, but a four seed is just wrong, especially when you look at how terrible these three seeds are.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree that the West is by far the best. It's um, the wild, wild West. Yeah, I, I would say that's by far the best bracket there. Um, it's bananas. I feel like clout
1: was the, when, if you got like a high seed, if you were a higher seed, a lot of it was based off clout
0: more than talent for sure. So, yeah, like I said, Texas and UConn. then I end up ha- I actually have Alabama winning over uh Texas in the champion national championship. Not like that. Um it's slightly a homer pick in a way for me because Shout out Nate Oats. Well, that's what that's exactly it's what. It's a great it is. shooting team because Nate oh, Nate Oats I see what he did there. See, you know, you're not allowed to steal my gun control jokes here. Dang it. They're, yes, they're killer shooters, but <laughs> other than <laughs> it's so wrong. But no, I'm kidding. I, I it's a serious. joke about. <laughs> yeah, they just pass. Stop it. <sighs> anyway, no, I, Alabama. They're a good team. They have arguably the best player. <laughs> arguably the best player in the tournament. Yep. Um, and like I said, Nate Oates is an awesome coach. I saw him. He was the coach of those University of Buffalo teams that did some damage in the tournament the past couple of years. Uh, and they've he he just knows how to coach in any situation. He's a great. He's a great coach, and that's what it comes down to. I, I think always matters here, and Oates is awesome, and I just I'm just rooting for
2: him. I think it's kind of funny that if you look at the last two UB coaches, you have the number one overall seed in um, Alabama, and you mm-hmm. probably have the last team to get in in Arizona State. Yeah, um, Bobby yeah. Hurley, the old culture, UB, hell well. of a driver. But
0: anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it. whatever.
2: Sure. Anyway, don't talk bad about my boy. I don't
0: talk bad about all your boys. Duke sucks. Anyway. <laughs> They're playing. Um, They're t- I, I hate that too. Not, not for long. This is movie one against <laughs> I'm kidding. Joe and Pat versus Tom. So, anyway, boys, when you look at this bracket, like, what really, really stands out to you, just overall in general? Like, how you feel about it? I know you kind of touched on the West mm. being insane. So, if you want to go more on that. Yeah. Yeah, I just,
2: I look at, obviously, Kansas, if they, you know, if they would have won their conference tournament, they might have been the number one seed uh, and might be the best number one team. Um, UCLA has a couple injuries, but if they are, you know, somewhat healthy, they might be the best number two seed out there. Um, I'd say Gonzaga has a chance to be the best three seed out there, which, I you know, obviously I picked Xavier to to make the final four. But that – and then I think UConn. I love UConn. Um, the scary thing about picking Kansas to win it all is I think that UConn could knock them out on the Sweet 16. Um, so that, you know, that side of the bracket's really tough. And I look at the the East, and I think the East is overrated. I know Joe said non sexy picks, but I'm not I'm not a believer in Purdue. Um, Marquette is is good, but I'm I'm still don't completely trust them. Um, Tennessee's best player is hurt, and as a four seed, I think they're very vulnerable. Um, and I don't really trust Kansas State either. If I if I wanted to be a homer, I would like to pick Duke out of there, but. I'll tell you, I don't. I watch enough Duke games. They don't really scare me either. They don't have enough. They get a lot of, off of re, offensive rebounds, get a lot of putbacks. Very, very much like Purdue, the, they they rely
1: very much on their big man to kind of produce that offense. And what Philip, Phil, yeah, Filipowski, yeah, but they,
2: yeah, they're just watching them play. They just don't look dynamic. Uh, Roach, the point guard for them, is, is a good player, but you look at a team like Alabama that three guys can just take it oh, off the hop and, and beat you. And some of these top teams. And I look at those teams. I don't think they don't have the athletes. They don't have those top players that the other sides of the bracket do. Yeah,
0: yeah. So when I look at this bracket, the one thing that really stands out to me is how terrible the three seeds are. Like other than Gonzaga, who I think is actually a pretty good team. Um, like you, you touched on Kansas State is terrible. Their defense is abysmal. Or oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Their defense is great, but their offense is abysmal. Whereas on the other, we on the flip side for Xavier and Baylor, their defenses are terrible. But so they got to kind of, and their scoring isn't good enough to like compensate for that mm-hmm. so for some reason i feel like these three seeds are just kind of like sitting ducks for some of these some of these other like six seeds in the next round et cetera, et cetera. so that's the first thing i noticed um other than that i think everything else there's i feel like the tournament is trying too hard to set up upsets like they're exciting everybody loves your mm-hmm. your 12 over a 5 or 11 over 6 and i got a few in here that we're going to talk about in a minute but i almost feel like the reason teams are getting Seeded too high, slash, too low nowadays is that they're kind of doing it on purpose just so that they can have the upset. Yeah. And you can even see it now when you're like, now that we all have all these sports betting apps out, there's a lot of underdog seed wise that are actually favored in the game straight up. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Patrick, is there anything else you notice about the tournament? I think it's going to be a ton of upsets. I'm
1: coming, I'm kind of awesome. living in the world of betting on uh, teams in the five to 12 range or maybe mm-hmm. even more, but kind of just living there. In the, during the tournament because I feel like there's a lot of value in those teams and I feel like there's just, like you say, there's a lot of teams who are either they they reached on uh, their seed or they didn't get enough recognition for their seed yep. and there's just going to be a lot of, uh, a big wake-up call when it comes to certain teams playing
0: this year. Yep. So as you know, whenever these things come out, there's a million articles about a million different nerd formulas that kind of test efficiency and who should be actually favored in this, that, and the other thing. So out of the 32 first round games, cause I'm not counting the plans. I don't care. Um, right now there it's projected that there'll be 18 quote unquote upsets. 18, 18 out of the 32. It's like that. that. insanity. I like that. But that's, that's exactly what this tournament is right now. It is a wide open tournament. Again, like we said, mm-hmm. many different teams have a shot at it and uh, it's, it's going to be a ton of fun. As long as it's more, buzzer beaters it's gonna be just oh that's the best that's the best
1: part i I love running around my house screaming because (laughs) the team that i picked hit a buzzer beater did you take off work no i didn't tom i'm taking off thursday (laughs) and friday (laughs) (laughs) gotta
0: take take half days man no i I know i know all right so anyway what you people are here for you're here for hearing our upsets who are our cool picks um we do an extreme amount of research (laughs) a lot of research goes into who we think is going to win. And at the end of the day, nobody knows anything. Like, it doesn't matter. That's just how March Madness exactly. works. But, uh, Patrick, why don't you give me your favorite low seed? Who you think will be oh, upset? Oh, it going to get a good upset? Yeah. Who Man. Do you, you don't have this written down. I do. I
1: just like to uh, cross-reference. I really enjoy Furman. Furman he- versus Virginia. The thirteen seed. But you wrote Virginia twice there. What Where? are you talking about? On your yeah. own bracket, Virginia winning no, no twice. This is, I'm, 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 as I'm relooking, I really like oh, Furman.
0: Adjusted on the fly. Um,
1: yeah. Sorry about that. I also like Charleston. Um, San, I, I feel like that's a good team, and I like both those teams. Anything can happen. Um, but I also like Oral Roberts University versus Duke. Yes, I, I like that, that upset, baby. Maybe some Kennesaw State. No, who Kennesaw State, bro? Kennesaw versus State's Xavier, they had a baby. really good conference. At a really good conference tournament. Anything can happen coming off those. I know Tom has Xavier going deep, but anything could happen, it's March Madness, baby. <laughs> it's true. It's true.
0: All right, Tom, what are your what are some of your favorite lower seeds you like for upsets?
2: So I, I don't have the the crazy ones here, like Pat's saying that the, the 19th seed's gonna make yeah. a run or something. <laughs> um I think they're gonna make a run. I just said upsets. Fair. <laughs> um I, I have four I really like. I like Kent State over Indiana. Ooh, okay. Um, I, think that's, I think that's my lowest mm-hmm. kind of seeded team. I, I think the thirteen seed. Um, I like VCU. I know, I know VCU's had a couple runs before. I know it's a different team, but Shaka Smart, Marquette, but, baby. But they still, they still <laughs> play that Smart, Texas really yeah. went well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, they still play that similar real pressure defense, and you get these teams in these big moments, and some of these kids crack, unfortunately, and um, I think they could cause problems for people. The two I really like that I think could actually make some noise and, and make a run maybe to the sweet 16, um, is Penn state and Utah state.
0: Tell me about Penn state. Cause I'm going to talk about Utah state. I
1: like Penn state. I'm
2: going to show Utah state's got great. Offense. Too. They, they made a run and obviously in their conference tournament. Um, what I love Jalen Pickett, uh, the point guard for Penn state, as I said earlier, I think guard play is a key to success. Um, in these tournaments tempo is huge. And if you can
1: control tempo.
2: I, you know, I think he is one of the best players. Um uh, leads the team and steals assists points. Like he does everything for that team. Um, so if you want to like a breakout star for this that you may may not know because you haven't watched him play, I really like him. Fair enough. And I'm gonna jump
0: in and talk about Utah State because like we talked about beforehand. This is, like, my favorite team. I had them. I didn't wait not talk about it because we talked about the Final Four, but I have Utah State going to the Elite Eight. I love their offense. It's amazing. That makes two offense. of us. <laughs> they have a killer offense. They're, like, 13th offensively for Kempom. I think they're, like, 18th overall. Yep. Criminally underseeded here, which is funny because, again, they're playing Missouri in the first round. who's overseeded. They're going to stomp. I love it. Stomp Missouri. Um, but I like them even to – they can even pull it up, upset over Arizona, and then after that, I said earlier Baylor's defense is terrible and they might or they might have to be like Creighton or something. I think they're gonna walk through them mm-hmm. too. Uh Utah State's awesome. Uh and the best part is like it always comes down to coaching in these things. And the reason why I like them so much on top of the fact that they're extremely good is that their coach is Ryan Odom. You know who that is? I don't off the top of my head. Wow, the stack I didn't pay attention. <laughs> Ryan Odom was the coach of the 16 seed a UMBC team that upset the one seed. Oh, I bet so them like, last year. Yeah. So when that dude when that dude beat the UMBC me, retrievers. Yeah. He heard his they next beat? coaching gig. Oh, well, Virginia? Virginia, Virginia, they, oh, Virginia sucks. I hate them. But anyway, <laughs> I got them losing the first round of Furman. No, you don't. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm
1: <not> looking. <laughs> adding this in. I just, I all I did was just run through it it's real quick.
2: Camera. I, I think they I, didn't see it. <laughs> I think anyone who likes any team in the ACC other, other than Virginia hates Virginia because it's just terrible, boring basketball. Oh, well, that's so part bad. Of it. I hate Absolutely.
1: It watching it so much. You bet the under every single virginia game you would be the richest man while playing they are the, uh,
2: they're the new, york, new york islanders of college basketball <laughs>
0: exactly oh god so anyway so yeah utah state's awesome the aggies are really cool um they're led by steven ashworth uh dude's lights out he shoots 43.9% from 3 he's just an assist machine he's going to be one of those guys that especially if they win you know two times they're gonna, that's who you're going to hear about all for the next week until the games start up again utah state's it which 100% means they are going to lose by 15 on thursday I like them so much they're 100% going to So uh,
2: <laughs> there's usually a common theme with these teams that have these upsets is, is great three-point shooting. Um, and Utah State has four guys that can shoot the three. Yeah. So they can re- really spread you out. They move the ball really well. Um, so it's a team that they can get hot against anybody, and, and I'm telling you that no one will be comfortable playing them. So Utah State
0: has, according to some really smart guys' projections, to get like a 7.9% chance to make the Elite Eight. And that's not even the highest of the low seeds. The highest is actually in like, I think it's like 8.6, if I remember correctly. And that's the Providence Friars. They're the eleven seed. They're taking on 16 Kentucky. Kentucky is not exactly the Kentucky you're used to hearing, by the way. They're not very good this year. They're okay, but they're not great. Providence, who's led by an old Kentucky player who left there to go take over, which is great. They get them in the first round. Providence has a shot to beat Kentucky. And then, like I said, they play that Kansas State team that we don't like. They can absolutely upset Kansas State. And then they play Marquette. Which again, another chance that they could beat them. I don't have them beating Marquette, but I think Providence can go on a run too. I think of all the, of all the hot, of all the top seeds that you're gonna or two double digit seeds, not top seeds, Double digit seeds that we're gonna be talking about next week because they survived. I think Providence has an extremely good shot to be one of them. I think, like I said, I think Utah State's gonna be one of them. And if you had to pick one other one, then it would be Drake, you think it's Drake for yeah. sure? Why do you think it's Drake? ACC team,
1: <laughs> they're, play, they're playing Miami, who's sure who's very streaky. Uh, they had a really great conference uh, tournament. I know I've used that in the past, but it's it's just true. It sure it when you're playing, when you're playing well, you're playing well. And I, I I genuinely believe that Drake will beat Miami, and that'll be a very big story next week. Well, they'd have to play Indiana too, then. Right? Oh, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. John Wooden's a really good coach. when We were talking about really good coaching and stuff like that. So. Not if. Kent State beats Indiana. That is true. Kent so.
0: State's got a really good offense, though. 12-13 and 13 matchup again would be really cool. Oh, I'd love it. Is there I'd any love other love upsets it. you're kind of looking at?
2: So, I I really like the 10 seeds in, in this whole thing. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Boise State, once again, who knows how healthy UCLA is. If they're not, Boise State could obviously make a run there. Um, USC, I don't like as much. I just – they're playing Michigan State, and there's just something about Tom Izzo and March right. Madness where – that's a, that's a game that scares me kind of for Marquette early on. It's
0: one of those games that when you look at the bracket, no matter how many you filled out already, you could fill out two, you could fill out 35. You look at it and you're like, whoever wins this game is losing to Marquette anyway. <laughs> you just don't think they're going to move
2: on. There's yeah, one. no, agreed. I agree. I agreed. see that, but I Tom Izzo has a way of making the Sweet 16. Um... That's, that is something I will have in a, at least a couple brackets. Then moving on? Then Michigan oh, okay. State going that far.
0: Well, don't forget, you still have to sign up for my bracket pool that you're in every year. So get to work, please. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh,
2: this, <laughs> I, 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 I might jinx myself, and hopefully I do. Is I'm not gonna pick Duke to win a single bracket this year. So hopefully they'll finally win. Well, it. I usually
0: pick UNC to win. I decide I'm not doing it this yeah, year. I'll true. pick
2: Duke in all mine, so they will lose.
1: It's <laughs> just <to> let you, <laughs> you know. You win tournaments now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can change yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. perfect. Yeah, is, Only you true. could screw up. James I do on. I do have uh uh bracket stats for those listening for if you're filling out your bracket. Yeah, give me some. Let's uh, go. So if you're filling this out real fast, um in the elite eight, in six of the past eight tournaments, at least two teams seeded number six or worse have reached the elite eight. There has never been an Elite Eight without at least one number one seed. Fair so way. figure that one in. And then while we're uh, talked about the Final Four, some stats about that, at least one number one seed has reached the Final Four in 10 straight tourneys and 14 of the last uh, past 15. Uh, it has been 31 years since the last time a number six seed made the Final Four easily the longest drought amongst seeds that have had a Final Four appearance. At least one team Seeded number seven or worse has reached the final four in eight of the past nine tournaments, which is a big, big stat right there. So we all failed.
0: Yeah, of course. One of the
1: thirty-four teams that were a top two seed and in the AP top ten after entering the season
2: unranked, none reached the final four. Purdue. I, are, I have one. I don't there. have. I don't have uh, it in front of me, but I have a fun stat. What? No number five team has ever won the tournament. Really? You would think like six is one, eight is one. Every team went through it as one. There's never been a five seed. And away. I think that
0: continues now because it's sort of like we touched on earlier where they're kind of setting the lineup so that a 12 seed beats them every time. So like I think that's just gonna I think that's gonna last for a long time based on how they bracket things now. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you guys. When you're looking at your bracket and you're about to fill it all out, you don't have anything written down yet. You might know who you think you want to like win this one, but you don't have anything else filled. What are the rules you go by when you're filling out your bracket? Are there any personal like superstitions or like things you follow that are just like they don't have to make any sense, but they make sense to you?
1: Um, kind of, I mean, a little bit. I do look at a ton of stats, so yeah. I like, I like uh, looking at offes- offensive efficiency stats. Yeah, I really truly think that um, teams who have high offensive fi- efficiency do really well in tournaments like that, they keep the tempo going. Um, so, I'll look at things like that, and I'll also look at this uh, website called Covers.com. Okay. And what they do is they break down each matchup, and they break it down head-to-head, uh, how they've done in the past five games versus the next ten games. So, I'll look at stuff like that, but nothing very superstitious.
0: Okay. What about you? Do you have any rules?
2: So, I usually work my way backwards almost. Okay. So, I, I look and say, hey, I think this team's going to make the run, so I'll fill it. like I, I think Alabama's making the Final Four. I fill them all the way through the – before I start picking the other games. I kind of pick who I think is going to make out of each, and then I kind of backfill from there. Right. Um, yeah. Because sometimes I look at it because uh, – so, I, I originally I, I wanted to pick Texas, actually, out of the Midwest. Okay. Um, and this one I actually didn't do that way, and I actually picked Texas to lose to Penn State in an upset. So, um, that one doesn't follow my own rules, so maybe I'll use it because then I'll probably be right because I didn't follow my rule.
0: No, it won't be because I'll get into there in a minute.
2: Go ahead. Um, but other than that, I kind of the, the stats. I don't. I don't do as much stats research. I look at um, guard play. I look at at biggest. You know, the best players because most of the time, the best players end up winning. You know, you look at a, a Dwayne Wade who took Marquette or a one of the
1: best. One of the Gordon, best tournaments ever
2: was that year. Gordon Hayward taking Butler to the finals. Um, so I, I always kind of look lean for star players um, and I just go with my gut. Um, I've won enough of these where I've been right and I've had enough of these where I have got one out of the final four right and look like an idiot. So
0: That's true. Um, so do you remember a few years ago, it's been a while, remember when Syracuse had that team with Jerry McNamara on it? I sure do. And they blew through the Big East after it had like a crap season. I sure do. And they looked like the hottest things in sliced bread. I do. Be- based on all of that, I used to, I put them to go pretty far and then they proceeded to lose like right away. Yeah. Completely ruined a good chunk of my brackets, which is why one of my rules ever since then has been beware of the team that looks really, really hot going into the tournament. Like a lot of times these teams are playing for something to like even get in, or maybe they're already in, but they're playing like their best basketball now. So they mm-hmm. peak too soon. Yeah. And usually they're the ones that kind of like upset you. So I tend to like avoid those teams. So right now, Duke's one of those teams. Like they've been kind of good and then also are kind of bad. And then they kind of got really good. And now it's like, eh, so like I didn't, I didn't, I picked Oral Roberts because I don't trust Duke of that. But the other problem is that I think Texas is one of those teams too. Absolutely. I a hundred percent think they're that team. I have them in the final four, which guarantees that they're one of those teams. <laughs> so be smart because I'm dumb and don't pick Texas. Cause that's exactly what that means. So, so you were
2: right to pick Penn state. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. I, you know, there's a lot of recency bias bias with when you go hundred percent. So you're like, oh wow, this person just ran through their conference tournament. They're all of a sudden better than they were the whole year, and you're like, nope, they're still the same team they were. Absolutely. Um, that's why. I, that's why watching those
1: conference games matters so much while coming into this because you could see who's a faker and who's for real.
2: So I, Duke, I think they were. I think they're seated correctly. They, like sometimes you get this and they get hot and then they get over seated and kind of get no. set themselves up for you know, hey, well, they're a three seed. Well, they're not really a three seed. Duke, right. if they would have lost in the conference finals to Virginia, would have probably still been a five seed.
0: Do you think? Okay, that's fair. You would know more than I would. So, but then you I guess you're right. Now they go in as a five seed and great. You made the tournament. Here's a really, really good mid-major team. Good luck. And if they
2: beat them, then good.
0: But right now, I don't even think they're, I mean, I think they're still expected to win, but it's going to be a close game. And
2: yeah, I, I'll tell you this. I did not love the matchup when when they were a five seed. Um, Oral Roberts scares me. They they have a good team. If that, um, if
1: that coach can get the team in the right mindset, you know, basically tell the team like this isn't the Duke of past. Yeah. You know, this is kind of like a new leaf that we're turning over. Maybe we can catch them on a bad day and we'll we'll bounce them in the first round. And if you get a team to believe in that and they get lucky, because you're going to have to get lucky when you're playing a team against Duke, you can play thirty eight incredible minutes and still lose. You have to play 40 minutes nonstop, get lucky, and move on. That's literally you have to get
2: the team in the right mindset. Yeah, me. and I, obviously I'm a little more versed on Duke than some of the other teams because I watch them more than, than others. But this is the first year in a while that they don't have that guy. We're like, hey, we need to go, go get a bucket where they just say we're an out-athlete people. Um, Duke's been incredible, obviously, with Coach K and the rec- recruiting they've done. They still have a really good team, but they don't have that guy. Where hey, you're down a bucket, you need to go get it. JJ Reddick um, style player, or even yeah. Kyrie Irving, um Jason Tatum, RJ Barrett. Yeah. You know Brandon Ingram. Bums the Phil out the Phil. I don't even. know. How so he's else. he's a
1: good player, Philip but
2: he but he gets it a lot on on hard work and hustle. He doesn't just go and say, "I'm just going to go beat you." Um, He's a very solid player. He can shoot. He can play inside, but he's not a guy. Where you're gonna say, "Hey, give it to this guy," and he's just gonna he's gonna you know post him up or, or take him off the dribble, um, you know he's he's not gonna Christian or in and not miss a shot for.
1: Is that the right? case? Do you think they're they're coming off of Coach K's recruits and they're trying to get into Shire's recruits now, or, well, do, you, I, or do you think there's still gonna be like a, a little bit of a lull
2: in between that? I, there there always is. Anytime you lose a top coach, you always can you always see a step back. Even you know you look at when Dean Smith last left, left North Carolina. Um, you know, North Carolina had a couple of years where they are down. You know, Roy Williams took a little while to get going. Uh-huh. Um, so there's always that. And I think John Shire is going to be a really good coach. I think he's going to be right, a really too. good recruiter. young, too. I like that. But when you say, hey, we have Coach K, who is arguably the best coach in the history of college basketball, he also coached Team USA, which these guys loved. And you'd have guys like LeBron say, hey, this is a great coach. You lose that, you lose something. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting.
0: Okay. So here's here's another question about the bracket. Out of all the one seeds, which one of them do you feel is the most vulnerable to lose earlier in the tournament? Early in the tournament? Yeah, like what would be the game that you could see them playing and losing early and get kind of shocked by. I, I I'm probably going to man
1: be <laughs> shocked by, i probably go with Alabama. Okay. If they, if they lost the most and the only way I can probably see that is as if more news comes out about Brandon Miller and it just kind of ruins the whole team mantra going into this whole tournament, I can kind of see that. But other than that, I'd go Houston.
0: Yeah. Just because of the injury.
1: Yeah. But if I'm going most surprising, I'm going Alabama.
0: Okay. That's fair. Cause I actually think that there's still, a. I think there's a decent chance that West Virginia can upset Alabama. It's like a, in the one nine matchup. Cause West Virginia is pretty good. And, all they gotta do is catch Alabama on one of those off days and yeah. they'll beat them, you know. Uh that was that was kind of my shocker, but you don't think Memphis has a shot against Purdue? Come on. <laughs> no, I don't. Unfortunately
1: not. Uh they just they're just not built for that type of basketball play, in my opinion. I think Purdue's gonna uh they're just too big, too, too athletic for them. I think Penny Hardaway does a great job, but I just don't I just don't see that panning out for them.
2: So I, I think you guys are overlooking FAU. I love FAU. They got I, that
0: really, really tall guy, right? Who's really good? Oh crap! I forgot his name.
2: Go I, I you, you probably have these stats. I, I don't. I don't have the stats, but I, I really like FAU. Um, I think they beat Memphis, and I think that they definitely could beat Purdue. Um, I, I think, have a bracket with that happening. I think Purdue to me is the weakest, and I maybe it's just because they're unsexy. I watch them play, and I'm just not wild watching them play. Um, I think they're the, the number one seed that has the the biggest chance to lose in the second round. I don't. I don't think any of these guys are getting knocked off by a 16. Uh, Kansas, like I said, I picked Kansas to win it all, but insane. But you know, Sweet Sixteen matchup against UConn is very scary. Um, I love to see Howard take down Kansas.
0: I'd like to see. I think Arkansas is a good shot at it. By the way,
2: yeah, Arkansas
0: is a really good team. Although that Arkansas Illinois game is supposed to be just, it's just going to be a banger. I think they're that's a
2: great game. Yeah, that's going to be a
0: great game. Yeah, and I think if Arkansas wins, they actually have a shot at beating Kansas. Kansas versus our Kansas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Their Kansas versus
2: our Kansas. Yeah, so, I. I don't <laughs> think I think alabama i would be shocked if alabama didn't make it to the lead eight i would be shocked if houston didn't make it to the lead eight um like i said kansas i think uconn and sweet 16 could be tough and i think purdue could lose in the first their second round and i also think they could lose to, to duke in the, the sweet 16. fair enough
0: any other teams out there that we haven't touched on that you feel like if you they might they need a shout out they might win two three games <laughs> iona
1: I want yeah. to give Iona a shout out, man. When you we have, this entire podcast, we've been talking about good coaches and how how deep they can get you, man. They got Rick Pitino, yeah, but it's, that it's just is a solid Utah, man. coach, man. Well, it is just a great coach. He's been in in the March Madness so many times. He can give them kind of a perspective that maybe a lot of coaches can't give them. Right. I, I think they're they could pull it out. They had
0: a really good year, but I don't know. I, well, I know that Pitino is. In the market for these bigger schools to take them from Iona now that whatever scandals he was involved in, yeah, the they do the about just like the scandal they don't, anymore. They're all washed away. So they were saying that this is kind of this is probably Patino's like last hurrah with Iona, which he's done a good job there, of course in the in the MAC with two A's, but um, <laughs> the MAC, but <laughs> um, MAC, but he's a great so coach for. He's them. on his way out. He's going to go somewhere good, and basically every win at this point for him is just more money that he can ask for later. But the reason we haven't talked about them, I feel like, is because. We all kind of think UConn's just going to stop them. Yeah, I I, I do. I do
1: like just based off of the logic of good coaches can bring you far. It's a very, it's
0: a very
2: good answer. Who who do you got? So I know we touched on a little bit. We we both kind of think they're going to do pretty good, but I think the Zags are still quietly, you know, just just hanging around. The Zags. Um, Mm -hmm. They they've been a one seed. They still haven't, you know, broken through. Um, A couple years ago, they had that great game when Jalen Suggs hit that buzzer beater uh, to make the the finals. you know, you know who's still on the team from back then? Drew Timmy. I feel like the guy's been playing yes, for yeah. I think the guy's been playing for like 12 years in college basketball. He should be like 37 years old. He's only 22. He is just a really, really good college basketball player. Um, I don't know if he'll be anything in the pros. Uh, but,
1: Zaga's also got a great coach too. Yeah, but I, I
2: look at them and I, I think they are quietly, uh, let's get there, in, they're in the West, which I think is murder's row. Um, but they could really, really surprise some people that people aren't talking about. Um just a, a all around good college basketball team with a, a guy who can can be a leader. Yeah. And uh don't be surprised if you're going down there and they're cutting down the nets.
0: I'm not gonna really get too deep into it, but I think one team that deserves a little bit of credit is San Diego State too. And you're just you're assuming that Charleston's gonna beat them. I don't. I think San San Diego State could not only beat Charleston, but I think they could beat Virginia too. And they might even give Alabama a run. I don't think they're gonna beat Alabama. You got it too. Well,
2: yeah. you and
0: I. I love it. So San Diego State's a team that we didn't really mention that I think is kind of getting overlooked as well, which which is my last question for the tournament because I think this happens every year. There's always a team that whenever you look at it, you pick one team to win every time you see this matchup. And I'm not talking about one versus 16 seeds, but it's usually in the, the 8, 9 seeds, 7, 10 seeds, et cetera. What is one team that is being overlooked all the time in those like you look at it and you just kind of like check off the other team that is going to win and when most people go the other way? And just blow up your bracket.
2: Go ahead, Tom. So I, I think one that always happens um, is you have the playing games. Okay. You have your two playing games. You have uh, Arizona State versus Nevada, and you have um, Mississippi State versus Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And people usually do their brackets before those games are played. Yeah. They already fill them out, and you already feel like, yeah. oh, well, they're going to lose. And I remember Syracuse was in the was in the first and made a run to, I think, the Elite Eight from the, from that. Um Sometimes you get these teams that play that playing game, get that confidence going, and and make a run. So, um, I is think TCU FG, FGCU is one of those. Yeah, teams I, think, I think I think TCU is a really good team. Yep. Um, but I would not be surprised if uh, Arizona State or Nevada won that game and then and upset them.
0: I actually wrote down here the other game. I I just wrote eleven seed. I feel like Mississippi State or Pitt will beat Iowa State. Personally, like so. I I see what you're saying with that. They don't get enough love because. It always feels like they're on the outside looking in when in reality these teams are probably arguably better than all of the like the lower yeah, conference winners. State. Yeah. Those are good Great teams. teams. Exactly. So it'll be interesting. Do you like those do you like the playing games? Or do you
1: think they do just I like them? Them. I think I think it's not, it's a nice little appetizer for the March Madness a little something to taste
2: I go watch something tonight. Little little watch something I get right, right into it. So, it. so personally I love it, dude. Personally I I'd, I'd like all the 16 matchups to be a playing game. Yeah, I, I understand. Because a lot of times it makes get, more sense. You get these teams. You get a a Northern Kentucky that that gets into the thing, and they're you know they have you know almost no chance to beat Houston. I know it happened once, but if you give give them an extra game, it almost gives those guys a, a legitimate chance to go win another game on a national televised um, event that everyone gets to see and give them their little moment in the sun uh, for these smaller schools. So I'd love all those sixteen matchups to be playing games.
0: Yeah, Maybe, but at the same token. If you do it that way, then all of these teams, like like um, a Howard, a team that gets in, this is the first time they've played in the tournament in so a million so years, right? It isn't like thirty three years or something? Yeah. I could have the number wrong, but for them to like finally achieve this after so much, after you know so many years, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you actually have to just play in to get in. Like that kind of sucks too.
2: Like, but these, they're still in. It's still. I, I know it's weird. We look at it doesn't count. It doesn't, count, it it doesn't it's still in. in. Yeah, I it know it's count. in, but
0: it's not in. It's not. It doesn't really count. the way It's you like want the it, nit. So <laughs> Yeah, kind of. So I see both points, but I kind of like the way they do it, where it's like, we'll take basically they're allowing two more of the major conference teams that were lane or else had an injury or kind of sucked and whatever. Or somebody who had a tournament or a conference tournament run to get in there and then pull a Syracuse where they win a few games and move to the Elite Eight from the playing game. So it's kind of exciting both ways. But if it was all 16 teams, first off, people wouldn't want to watch that. People don't want to watch two 16 seeds match up. That's just crappy basketball. Nobody cares. But if it's like, if it's a 16 seed and they're hanging with the one seed, then people care about this team and they're rooting for them and stuff. But nobody's watching that game. Nobody's watching the games tonight if it's just all the 16 seeds playing each other or for playing for the right to be a 16 seed. And it's not. It's less fun.
2: I mean, I know a lot of people that like to gamble that would definitely be watching this. I, <laughs> I, have, I have placed the bet tonight on Texas AMCC.
1: You can give me the points. Absolutely, the gamble on
0: a game and you don't have to watch it. Yeah, that's true. So I,
1: th- I feel like I feel like the rules for gambling should open up, like be more broad. Um, so like, we're not allowed to gamble on New York State teams. I think for March Bandits, we should be able to gamble on New York State teams. I think there's that be, real. Yeah, I don't know. That. You're not allowed to gamble on New York State college teams. I should say New York New State, State College Co- okay, teams. Saying, I, I, sorry. I, sorry to specify New York State college I, teams. So like I'm not allowed to bet on UB. Oh, so, but if U B was in March that. Madness, I would love to be able to bet on yeah, that. that. They that's should fair. open I, that up. I was
2: gonna say lot. I bet on the Knicks to lose every night. So well you're losing man. a lot of money right
1: now because yeah. they are hot. I'm, I'm still I'm hot.
2: still Still in the green. All right. So well, we're getting to, I'd like to see that. Actually, I'm going
0: to run the numbers on this in the next podcast. I'm coming back with those. Numbers. All right. Pat stats. I can't wait. Uh, so we're getting a little, little long here. So I don't really want the mango cloud to get mad at us. So let's, uh, let's move on to our final thoughts. Um, again, like I said, this can be about our anything. Our
1: final thoughts, man.
0: I got, oh, geez. What what? Cheese. You, you don't, don't have like, final thoughts? No, I do. I always have final thoughts. Then so why did you pop a cheese me? I don't know.
1: Shout out to Short Round. That's my final thought. Shout out to Short Round from Indiana Jones winning the Oscar last uh, that's your final thought. So, uh, yeah. That was a growing up, he was a big uh, character for me growing. I'd love to see him. He had an emotional speech. It was it was great for me. The only thing I wish he would have done is shout out Dr. Jones just,
2: just
0: once. All right. That's pretty cool. Uh Tom, what's your what's your last little run here?
2: So this is a little song in the wounds for you, Joe. It doesn't um, hurt my feelings. As a Duke fan. Boo you are the New York Yankees fans. You are the Lakers fans. You are the Cowboys fans. You are the team that everybody hates. And let me tell you, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Lakers. I hate the Cowboys, but I love Duke. So every time you say you're a Duke fan, you have seven North Carolina fans that shit on you. Well, here's my chance in front of the world to shit on you. First ever team to be number one in the preseason poll and not make a tournament. So just let that sit in. I'm not gonna say anything else. Just let it just let it seep in. And uh, you will always be the first one ever to not make it as the one seed.
0: You know what else will be? The last team ever to beat Coach K and we killed the rat. <laughs> so I oh, wow. do not care. That was a good one. F Coach K, F Duke, screw them. It doesn't Same matter. We got to kill them. We beat you in the final four, the dream match that everybody's wanted for a millennia. Smacked you around, killed the rat. It doesn't matter. On to my final thought. Anyway, if you haven't noticed, I'm feeling festive because St. Patrick's Day is, well, it's tomorrow based on when this is going to get released. So this is one of my favorite all-time weekends. Like I said, March Madness is great. I'll be watching games with my friends Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday, we have our first parade here in Buffalo. And then we have a second parade on Sunday. And it's just tons of partying and having a great time and seeing a whole bunch of people I, I sometimes only see once a year at the parade. Throw out a bunch of green, it's one of my favorite times ever. Um, we make our own Baileys, we make so many, so much food, and really, alcohol. oh, yeah, it's super crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's it, we have a blast, we get pretty messed up in a good way, in a very good way, and I just have a blast. I can't wait to see all my friends and like everything going out. I don't care that it's gonna be 50 something degrees on Friday, and then for the parade, it's gonna be like 35 and really windy. Couldn't care less. St. Patrick's Day is my second favorite holiday to celebrate behind Halloween. Halloween is the best of all time, and then take that, Christmas. But I can't wait. This is going to be the best couple of days of my life, of the year. It's so much fun. March Madness rules. St. Patrick's Day rules. This podcast rules. I love it's you guys. Thank you, ever. everybody who listens. You're the best. Remember, you can email us at podcast at hitparadecollection.com. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And what are what are we? H- Hit Parade Podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Hit Parade Podcast on Instagram. Hit Parade Podcast on TikTok. Um, HP Collect on Twitter. Just follow us. Follow us. Keep commenting on our stuff. Tell us how wrong we are. That's my favorite thing in the world is when people comment on our Instagram posts and just tell us how dumb we are because you know what? We already know. Thank you for taking an hour of your day out to listen to us. We appreciate it. Keep telling your friends and coming back. Every show does a little bit better than the last and uh, we're growing and it's kind of awesome. Thank you so much and uh, we will see you in a week. Take care. Bye.